You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Support for Locked on Packers also comes from Manscaped, the number one company in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with promo code locked on. Today, a really fascinating show, to me anyway, uh, and maybe only to me, but, uh, you know, hopefully not. (laughs) We're going to get to the, maybe not the resolution, but the latest in the ongoing saga of Josh Jones. But first, something really important happened at practice on Tuesday. And it wasn't important because of some... Um, philosophical, technical, or play design thing, or anything like that. It wasn't. It really had nothing to do with the the details, the nuances of the Packers season when it comes to specific on the field plays. We're not going to talk about their precision in play action. We're not going to talk about how. Uh, uh, versatile their defensive linemen are going to be or their outside linebackers playing defensive line we're not going to talk about that today because that was not the important thing that happened on Tuesday the important thing that happened on Tuesday was the Packers were sloppy they did not give full effort at least according to the head coach and this was an early test for Matt LaFleur And coming into this season, one of the big question marks, one of the big reasons that anyone would have to be skeptical about Matt LaFleur is, as a head coach in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers, he was a first-time head coach on any level. And that is a huge deal. When you're a head coach, and we've heard Mike Patton talk about this, we heard, uh, maybe you didn't hear, but, but... Chuck Pagano in in Chicago has talked about the difference of coming back to being a defensive coordinator after being a head coach and the difference in responsibilities. When you're a head coach, you have to see things differently and you have to set the tone in a way that you don't have to as a coordinator or that maybe you just simply don't as a coordinator. So the Packers' effort, their precision, their attention to detail was not where head coach Matt LaFleur wanted it to be. And to the point where he basically ended practice on a sloppy play. 
where Devontae Adams made a catch over Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander ripped the ball out, and that was it. That was it. And Matt LaFleur, after the, after the practice, said, look, if you do not take care of the ball, you will not play for me. If you, if you lose the ball, you're coming out of the game. And this was a crucial touchstone for the evolution of Matt LaFleur as a coach. Because not only did he do it on a play where Devontae Adams, a star on this team, made uh, uh, an error, but he held the offense in particular accountable. An offense that includes Aaron Rodgers, that includes David Bakhtiari, that includes Aaron Jones, that includes Jimmy Graham, that includes big-time talented players and veterans. Brian Bulaga, Corey Lindsley. This is this is not just, you know, some super young team that that he is laying down the law for. When you're a new coach and you come in, it is like the first couple weeks of school. Think back to your time at elementary school, in high school and college. You were getting a feel for that teacher, that professor, and you were trying to figure out, okay, what are the expectations? And when it comes to what the expectations are, where are the lines? What is too much? What is too little? And they vary. They vary class to class, teacher to teacher, professor to professor. And they're going to vary coach to coach. And so the players that are that are rookies, this is an important moment for them. But more importantly, for the players that have been in the league, they are learning the lines for Matt LaFleur because they are inevitably going to be different from Mike McCarthy. Now, what is particularly interesting about that construct is Matt LaFleur said something after practice that I thought was impossibly Mike McCarthy. And it, it, it sort of it gave me a little bit of insight into why I think Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst were so attracted to Matt LaFleur. And, and I wrote about this last year when Mike McCarthy was fired, it is hard to find someone that brings the kind of culture and the kind of mentality that is so congruent with the Green Bay Packers that Mike McCarthy brought to the team. But after practice, uh, there was a, a play where, a couple of plays actually, where the offense gashed the defense in the running game. And you would think an offensive-minded head coach would go, hell yeah. But Matt LaFleur was asked about that. And he said, quote, sure, from an offensive perspective. But last time I checked, I was the head coach. End quote. That is so telling about the way Matt LaFleur has already adjusted to being the coach. To already understanding that his responsibilities are to more than just his offense. That his responsibilities extend to the entire team. That he is not just responsible, even though he is calling plays, he is not just responsible for the success of the offense. He cannot only worry about the execution of the offense. He has to worry about defense. He has to worry about special teams. And so while it's great that the offense executed something in a particular way, it is poor that the defense did not execute better. 
this moment is something that we could look back on. And I don't want to oversell it, but we are learning something very important about Matt LaFleur. I mentioned this on Twitter. Uh, There was an anecdote that came out after the Packers hired Matt LaFleur that, and we talked about it on the show, that at practice it stood out to some of the players that there there were times when Matt LaFleur would chastise Marcus Mariota in front of the team and get on him and yell, yell at him. And that that was a little bit weird. That that Mariota, for for whatever his personality is, which is very mild-mannered, he is the unquestioned leader of that team. And Matt LaFleur held him accountable. And that's all well and good. But now you're in Green Bay. In a city and in a, in a culture where your quarterback is revered and your team is beloved. Are you going to lay down the law? In the same kind of way. Are you going to have a firm hand? When things are not to your standard. Are you going to roll over? Or are you going to say this is unacceptable? And one of the criticisms of this hire. Was that it was seen. As an organization knuckling under to its quarterback who had gotten in a power struggle with the previous head coach and saying, we want you, Aaron Rodgers, to run this team. And so we have hired this Patsy for you to come in and do what you want him to do. Now, it is not inherently part of Matt LaFleur's responsibility to fight that narrative. He has to come in and be the best head coach that he can for the Packers. That's his job description. And his best pathway to success is to simply be the best coach that he can be, not worry about that narrative. But this certainly runs counter to that narrative. He has said, this is unacceptable. And not only did he end practice, we don't know if he ended it early, early, or just you know, on that one play that was disappointing, okay, that's enough. But then to go into the post-practice press conference and read the riot act to the team about effort, about urgency, about taking care of the ball, about saying, look, if you don't take care of the ball for me, you're not going to play. This was the stuff Mike McCarthy did early in his tenure in Green Bay, and it worked. It worked for a long time. And we can worry about whether or not those messages wear off later. What is important for right now is, are those messages working in the short term? Are they working right now? We don't have those answers. But what Matt LaFleur is clearly trying to do is send a message to his team to clearly delineate what is acceptable versus what is unacceptable. And if there were questions about who runs the show in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur... You know, he's a quiet guy. He's a nice guy. He's still in charge. And last time I checked, he was the head coach. And so long as he is the head coach, he is in charge. And so he has laid down the line and said, this is the expectation. And if you don't follow it, this is, this is the consequence. I'm going to be pissed. And I don't care even if you are Devontae Adams. 
and you are a Pro Bowl receiver and you have ascended and you have worked your ass off to get to this point and you've ascended to this point in your career and you're doing great, sweetie. I don't care. Because if you screw up in a way that I deem unacceptable, I'm going to let you know. There is there is a difference between being a player's coach and being a hard ass, generally speaking. But there are plenty of coaches who find ways to walk the tightrope between the two. Bill Belichick is demanding of his players. But a lot of the players that play for the Patriots love it because it's rewarding. There are plenty of really good coaches who have high standards and still have good relationships with their players because they treat them with respect. If you are a a hard ass to your players, but the expectations are not clear or they're inconsistently applied, that's a problem. That is a respect issue and and your players are going to see through it. These are adults. Uh, A lot of them are really smart. Uh, A lot of them are highly educated and they've had a lot of experiences with coaches. They've had a lot of experiences with alpha males. They've had a lot of experience with leaders. They're going to see through the BS. But if you come in and you say, this is what the expectations are and you follow through, that is how you earn respect on a football field. Because even if they don't like not being able to finish the end of a, of a team period and get some more reps and try and score a touchdown. There is that idea that, okay, we're being held accountable. Accountability is something that multiple players within the organization and those outside the organization have reported is just, uh, it was lacking under Mike McCarthy in the last years. Part of that is a leadership vacuum and, and you hope that Matt LaFleur is filling that. Accountability was a huge part of the message for Mike Patton last year. Everyone talked about the difference in accountability between Mike Patton and Dom Capers. I would not be surprised if we're sitting here in a month talking with the players about the difference in accountability between Matt LaFleur and Mike McCarthy. Now, there's a, there's a long way to go between now and then. But this was the first big test for Matt LaFleur. And for me, unequivocally, he passed. I don't know if he aced it. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not prepared to you know, give the sort of gradation of that. He passed. No question. And if we're doing pass-fail, easy call, he passed. And, and it speaks to a, a broader question. You know, John Kramer on Twitter, at uh, Kramer the First, asked me about uh, no huddle and up-tempo. And if, if Matt LaFleur's offense was going to prevent Green Bay from going to that sort of up-tempo and no huddle offense that has made Rodgers so successful over the years and is something that, to me, Green Bay has not done enough of and didn't do enough of with Mike McCarthy the last two years in particular. And this is, this is a, a reaffirmation for me to say, no, this is part of the deal. Matt LaFleur showed today a sense of urgency is essential for him. A sense of urgency is critical for him. Now, what does that mean for the no no huddle offense? You know, we got to see, but get out of the huddle. Call the play, get out of the huddle, get to the line of scrimmage quickly. Offense wasn't doing that. 
He wants that sense of urgency. He doesn't want you to sit in the huddle. Okay, here's the play. Ready, break. We're going to saunter up to the line. Look around. See what's going on. And now we're Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. What are we doing? I don't like this play. We're not doing that anymore. That is Matt LaFleur's point. Those days are gone. Get the play in, call it, break the huddle, and hustle to the line of scrimmage. If you're not going to do that, you are not living up to the standard he wants to set. And for him to say, this is unacceptable, I will not accept anything below our standard. That is him saying, tempo is important, urgency is important, and our standards are important. And when it comes to standards, it's important that you have standards in your working life. Are you looking to give yourself a little bit more freedom, a little bit better quality of life? Well, work for yourself with Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text five star, the word five spelled out F I V E S T A R to 87,87,000 right now to learn more. With five star painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals. And you'll go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their home. Whether you're thinking about starting your own business or you've all, you're have you already running your own painting company, text five, spelled out F-I-V-E star, one word, five star, to 87000 to learn more about how a five-star painting franchise can help you get to where you want to go faster than going alone. Again, text F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. Before we get out of here, I want to briefly touch on the, the safety situation and Josh Jones because... You know, we, we spent some time at during OTAs when, when Josh Jones was not around talking about that situation and, and, and his role on this team. And then Tuesday, Brian Gutekunst comes out and says, look, we are excited about what Josh Jones can do for us. And we think he has a role in this team, et cetera, et cetera. Then he goes out and, and he is playing. He's in that first big nickel safety role, playing that sort of hybrid safety inside linebacker thing that Mike Patton likes. And then later in the day, he sort of switched roles. Josh Jones out at safety, Raven Green in a more linebacker hybrid role with Darnell Savage out. After practice, Josh Jones says, we put the offseason stuff in the past. That's in the rear view. I'm living in the present, and the present is helping this team competing, helping the Packers get to where we want to be. So to me, one of two things is going on here. So... The cynical view of this is Brian Gutekunst sat down with Josh Jones and said, look, Josh, there is no trade market for you. And you being a malcontent is not going to help your trade value. 
So come practice, come play in these games, make some plays, look good. Uh, we might even tell some reporters that, you know, we really feel good about what you're doing and you're recommitted and, you know, miscommunication on our end. And in a, in a couple weeks, we'll talk about it. We'll see where we are and we'll look, we'll look to deal you. We'll try and recuperate your value and then we'll move forward from there. Or, and I don't know which one of these is more likely, but you know, this is a, this is another scenario that is, uh, the Packers went to Josh Jones and said, look, Josh, uh, we don't have any incentive to trade you. You're under contract and there's not a robust market for you. We, we gave a second round pick up to draft you. We're not going to recoup a second round pick for you. We're not going to recoup a third round pick, probably not even a fourth or a fifth round pick. So we're not going to deal you either show up and play and compete for a spot or we're going to find you. And the reality for Josh Jones is he doesn't have any leverage because he has not shown himself to be a good enough player on the field yet in his career to really negotiate the way that someone like Le'Veon Bell has or Michael Thomas right now is holding out or Jadavion Clowney. He's not even close to those class of players. Now, does he have supreme talent? Sure he does. Does he have athletic ability for days? Yeah. Go out and show it on the field. And his ability to play and, and play a meaningful role for Green Bay actually has pretty significant impacts on how they want to build this roster. Because if Josh Jones is going to play, do the Packers need Curtis Bolton? And if Josh Jones is going to play, and he's going to play that sort of big nickel linebacker kind of player, how much do they have to rely on Oren Burks? And if Warren Burks is playing well, then how much do they have to rely on Blake Martinez in third down situations? Can they can they play it so that the two linebackers on the field are Josh Jones and Oren Burks? And how much flexibility does that give them? There are a lot of options here. Green Bay clearly wants to mend this because they spent significant draft capital in him. Again, Brian Gutekinds didn't do that. Ted Thompson did. But this is a player that that is talented. And although he initially refused to play linebacker, or at least didn't want to, he ultimately did. And yeah, he he said some things on Twitter that he might want back. But he also, when it was demanded of him that if he wanted to get on the field, he had to play special teams, he did. And he busted his butt on special teams. And when Kentrell Bryce got hurt, someone who I'm sure he thought was a clearly inferior player, I have said it, and I will continue to say it. Uh, I don't think he was playing because he was the better player. I think he was playing because they were having issues with Josh. For myriad reasons. And and Josh fought his way back on the field. If they can find a way to utilize him, that's better than not finding a way to utilize him. That's just, like, that's simple. So hopefully they are able to do that. Hopefully they are able to put this in the past. And... It's a win-win for the Packers if Josh Jones plays well because either he plays well enough to earn a role on this team or he plays well enough for them to deal him. It's a win-win for them. Now, Josh Jones not playing, it's a lose-lose because he's going to get fined. He's not going to get traded. And maybe he thinks he can get himself cut and then signed, but the Packers have no incentive to do that. Either show up and play 
or get fined. And, and that was the option he was facing. Jones just simply didn't have the leverage in this situation. And, you know, hopefully what he says about that stuff being in the past is true. It's in the rear view. And everyone is able to move forward now. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. And we're now just a few days away from family night. And the official, in, in Packer Nation, the official start to the Packer season under the lights in Lambeau. I mean, I don't think it gets any more official than that, truly. So a lot to talk about over the, the coming days and weeks. Uh, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers maybe won't have to play that first preseason game because of this joint practice with the Texans. Kind of the ideal place to get some live-ish reps where he's still going to wear the, the red jersey. And that means he can't get hit. Even in the game, in the preseason game, when guys are starters, especially are going like 75, 80%, they still want to get those sacks on Aaron Rodgers. You don't think J.J. Watt wants to go hit Aaron Rodgers? You don't think Whitney Merciless and those guys want to go hit Aaron Rodgers? Of course they do. So in a preseason game, they can do that. In a practice, they can't. So, you know, that, that does change the equation for the Packers in practice. Obviously, family night, you can't hit Aaron Rodgers. So... Those reps are important, but it, it could be the case that we see those guys a little bit more over the course of the preseason just to get everything on track, just to get everything at a level that Matt LaFleur wants it to be. That's something we can now say that he cares about. And every coach say they care about standards, but not every coach is willing to stand up in front of the media and call out their team. And not every coach is willing to stop practice to say this is unacceptable. And so, look, we, we learned something very important about Matt LaFleur. That still does not, we, we have a long way to go before we can say he's a great coach, before he's even a good coach. But this was an important step, an important learning touchstone for us as we are observing what's going on. We're not in that locker room. We're not able to be coached by Matt LaFleur. So we are only able to, to discern what we can see, what we can observe. And this was a big moment. Will it matter moving forward? We'll see. There, there's still a lot to be decided there. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can subscribe to us anywhere you find podcasts. You'll find Locked on Packers. And that's just the truth. Spotify, we're there. iTunes, we're there. Google Podcasts, we're there. Stitcher. We're, I mean, there's a million podcast apps now, but we're on all of them. You want to tell Alexa to play Locked on Packers? Um, your Alexa will do that. You want to tell Google to play Locked on Packers? Your Google Home will do that. Uh, there are, you know, your Sonos Playbase that has the Alexa built in. Um, that'll do that too. So we are, you, you, we're, we are unavoidable. As Thanos would say, we are inevitable. Uh, <laughs> maybe not so much, but... We are uh, everywhere you need us to be, hopefully. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.